Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Along with bringing you the updates and critical information happening all around the world, we're always fortunate when we get the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers. These good folks are practicing on the ground in these jurisdictions, working with clients daily to move them through these difficult times. On the program, we span the globe with literally members in all states, as well as internationally, touching base with people in China, Italy, Korea, all across Asia and Europe, down into Latin America. Today, we're going to one of my favorite places. I haven't been there very often, but it's our member, New Zealand. And joining us on the program is Carl Blake, special counsel to Simpson Grierson in New Zealand. Carl's in his office in Auckland. And today, we're going to talk about an update from New Zealand, particularly on the new Privacy Act that takes effect on December 1st, which is today. So welcome to the program, Carl. How are you doing today? Good morning. Uh, Very well, thank you. A lovely, warm, sunny day in Auckland, New Zealand. So Carl, it sounds like there's some key changes that we need to be preparing for with regard to this new Privacy Act. Can you explain to our audience what the extraterritorial effect is? Yes, the the Act now extends uh, beyond New Zealand in certain circumstances and situations. For example, to agencies that are outside New Zealand and collect a whole personal information from New Zealanders. A key driver for this change was some of the large global social media entities that are based offshore, but which collect and disclose significant amounts of personal information of their users in New Zealand. But it also covers anything through to online retail entities and any entity that does business in New Zealand. So let's talk about the disclosure of personal information outside of New Zealand. What steps do businesses have to take in order to disclose information to foreign agencies? Yeah, this is one of the more significant changes because the prior act had no express provisions dealing with the limitations of disclosure of personal information overseas. But now there is a new information privacy principle, principle 12, which stipulates the limited situations in which agencies are are able to disclose personal information about New Zealand residents to an overseas person or entity. So effectively, unless the individual expressly authorizes the disclosure, a business may only disclose personal information to an agency outside of New Zealand if that agency is subject to similar privacy safeguards as those under our new Act. Essentially, businesses which disclose information to a foreign agency must ensure that agency is subject to laws which effectively provide the same or comparable safeguards as our Act. And the exception to this is where if you don't satisfy yourself that the agency to whom you're sending information has the relevant and necessary safeguards, you need to expressly inform people of that and get their express authorization to have their information sent offshore regardless. So let's talk specifically about cloud storage providers. Does the Act have any specific regulations that affect them? Yes, and this has actually tidied up a, uh, a bit of a gap in the last Act because there was debate about whether the disclosure principles would apply when you're simply having information hosted on a server offshore. And the Act now clarifies that the sending of information to a cloud storage provider, which is only holding that information for you, will not be treated as disclosing that information. Offshore, So the principles we just talked about, the new privacy principle 12, would not directly apply because you wouldn't be sending information overseas by having it stored in a cloud provider. Now, bear in mind that you, as the sender of the information, still have the obligation to ensure that's correctly stored and held. But if the cloud provider does anything with that data, if they process it, they use it, they access it, disclose it themselves, then they too will have obligations if they do business in New Zealand. Let's talk about the biggest problem with all the data storage and privacy, and that's when there's a breach. So if there's a privacy breach and that occurs, what steps need to be taken 
and who would be the agency that you'd need to notify? Yeah, this is the final of the key changes to the Act. Previously, there was only a suggested guideline for notifying breaches, both to affected individuals and our Office of the Privacy Commissioner. Well, that's been changed now, and there is now mandatory notification guidelines in place in the sense that you are required to notify the Privacy Commissioner, which is the body that oversees privacy matters, along with any affected individuals, as soon as you become aware of a privacy breach. But there are some limits to this. The Privacy Commissioner has expressly said that he doesn't want to hear about any possible privacy breach. He wants to know only about those that were likely to cause serious harm to the affected individuals. And so each agency must assess has serious harm occurred, and that takes into factors such as the sensitivity of the information, the likely harm to individuals who may have obtained it, and whether there are measures in place to stop further breaches. And helpfully, our Privacy Commissioner has launched a reporting tool called Notify Us on their website, which is www.privacy.org.nz, which gives you some insight into the things that they will be taking into account when expecting to be notified of breaches. So the Privacy Commissioners issued some new codes of practice that modify the operations for the Act, specific industries, and also personal types of information. Can you explain to us what some of these modifications are and who they may apply to? Yes, effectively, we've we've always had in place separate codes of practice that drill down into particular unique industries, such as health, credit reporting, that sort of thing, telecommunications is another one. And they have been updated to, again, try to reflect the new obligations that we've talked about with breach reporting and also offshoring of information. Well, lots of good information. And again, we, we hit it on the day that it opened here. So a lot of valuable information here. But to sum it up, what are some of the next steps you would recommend taking for those that are impacted by this? Yeah. yeah so I think for any organization that does business in New Zealand or is located in New Zealand, effectively, there's three th- key things to look at. Have a look at your privacy policies, your statements, what goes to your both your employees, but also potentially your customers and clients on your websites. Have a look at your internal procedures. Are these robust enough? Do they take into account matters such as the new reporting requirements, but also training staff, making them aware of the new requirements. As an example, at Simpson Grayson, we've developed about a 10-minute online training tool, which takes you through the key information and has a little quiz at the end. And it's interesting how much people pay attention when they realize they're going to be tested at the end of a bit of a training session. And that has got a real good solid uptake on that basis. Great. So we appreciate the update there. And personally, how are things down in the New Zealand community as relates to COVID? That seems to be the big question we always touch on with our members in these international jurisdictions. What's going on in your area? So look, we are very fortunate. We're quite blessed in the sense that for a number of months now, we've had very limited restrictions. We have restrictions on the use of masks and public transport on planes. But aside from that, it is business as usual. We're back in the office. Essentially, all parts of the country are operating as usual. The only caveat to that is the obvious industries that are still affected heavily, such as our tourism and travel industries. But apart from that, it's surprising just how back to normal we are, but we're very mindful. We still have daily updates. The Minister of Health is still giving press conferences, sometimes daily, and we are on high alert. And all of our cases are predominantly picked up at our border and our managed isolation quarantine facilities. And long may that continue, but so far, so good. Good, but you and your family are safe and well, I hope? Safe and well, yep, absolutely. Good, wonderful. We'll say hello to all of our other friends at Simpson Grierson, and thanks a lot for the update. For those that want to connect with Carl Blake or any of our lawyers from around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law. Just go to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page. Click on the drop-down box. There you can also sign up to receive information on upcoming webinars, 
download white papers, get access to on-demand content from the ELA's library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.